dad's dad the borders. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. So today I'm talking to Vince Hempsell, um, and it's a great example of why I'm doing this podcast. Vince is a really good old friend of mine, and we've never actually had a really open, honest conversation about our experience of being dads. We discuss our identity as climbers and the shifting perspective that we have from climbers to dads that climb. We also talk about balancing the needs of young children with our climbing and adventurous lifestyles as we introduce our kids to the outdoors and new activities. We even discuss sleep coaching and we agree to a training schedule for the upcoming climbing season. And I also talk about why I took up skateboarding, both in our mid-40s, sorry Vince, I just outed you, with two young kids. Um, I'm excited to get into it. Um, and talk about our experiences. So please enjoy this open and honest conversation with two old friends reflecting on being old climber dads. Sorry, Vince, I just did that again. It's just a number. Brother Vince, super stoked to have you on episode one of Dad Without Borders. Just anyone that's listening out there, just to give a bit, a bit of background here, that we know each other from climbing. Um, probably from back in you said maybe 2007 or 2000 i kind of forget it's a blur i think it was around 2007 yeah so it's been a while and for most of that it's been about climbing connection and the fact that we're climbers and that's i feel like that's been like that's how i've defined myself for a long time but then here we are years later not sure how we got here but we both have two kids so and maybe you could just give us a background on your family kind of set up who your dad to and yeah, what you do for a living. Sure. My name is Vince Hempsall. I have two young children at home and an incredible wife. Um, the children are two and a half and five months. And um, when I'm not uh, working with them, <laughs> I'm working on Kootenai Mountain Culture Magazine I'm the editor there and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And when I'm not doing that, occasionally I get out and rock climb now, very occasionally, <laughs> as we will discuss. So, you know, what's crazy is like, here we are, you know, 13 years, 14 years or whatever after we met, first met. And I remember having the conversation with you just about like, yeah, we're, we're not, like, we don't want kids. And then, and, we, and, then yeah. and then you caved first. And, uh, and I, I just, I have to do everything you do. So. Was I the, <laughs> I was the inspiration. That's awesome. Totally. Sorry, yeah. buddy. But isn't it yeah. great? Isn't it great? Oh, man, it's so great. Uh, no, it's funny. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, actually, it wasn't you. I hate to tell you um, that you had no bearing on my decision to have children whatsoever. Uh, you know what it was? It was, um, 
it was I was on this uh, mountain bike trip kind of race thing uh, in Nicaragua. Yeah. They'd, they'd flown me down there to like do this article and, and kind of mountain bike across the country. And <clears throat> which sounds awesome. And I have to admit it was pretty awesome. But how oh, I remember you trip, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Halfway through the trip, I'm like in this like, you know, backwaters farm town. And there's this guy walking his daughter to school. And she's in like the little outfit uniform thing. And they're holding hands and they're walking down the 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 mud road to the local school and I, I biked by them and I had this moment of like what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm I'm like biking across a country for what? So that I can go home and tell people, hey, I biked across Nicaragua. Woo. You know, and then I looked at that guy and like <laughs> what he was doing, he was walking down a mud road to take his kid to school and he was he was having a completely different experience than I was. And I, at that moment, it sort of shifted things for me. And I was like, I think I want to have that experience. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It was super awesome. And, and it helped that like Marley, my wife, you know, is uh, younger than me and she was just kind of hitting her stride as far as like, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about that. um, Biological. So how many, you guys have been together for a while at that point? Yeah, we've been together. Well, we've been married five years, but but by then, yeah, I can't actually remember how long we were married. But you, you guys were in. It'd be it was a long term. You guys were committed to that point as well, right? Oh yeah. If you got a good solid partner, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have come to having Indy after having. You know, I had Seth. Mm. He's seven years old. The relationship didn't work out and whatever so i don't know if i i would have been like really yeah super keen to have but like having a really solid partner who's fantastic and yeah and the same with me too having a younger partner as well opens up those doors a bit more uh so we know each other from climbing and as yeah that was our first connection and at that point i'm living in the back of a van most summers climbing in squamish living the dream um Oh, the good old days, just me and my dog. And here we are with our kids now and trying to get that balance. I know for me, uh, it's the passion is still there. I was just thinking about this. The passion is still there, 100% actually. But I've just accepted and I've I've let go the FOMO. And maybe that helps because I'm not on social media as much anymore. But I don't get the fear of missing out. And I know I just, it'll come back, you know, it'll come back. But just right now, Activities, activities have shifted a bit and I would love for you to share the conversation that you had with Tommy Caldwell around the, the whole idea of having two kids and yeah, maybe you could just share what that conversation was because it did resonate with me and, but I think first, actually, you'd do a better job than me. Just maybe introduce who Tommy Caldwell is because there's probably a lot of people that actually have no idea. I know we think everyone should know who he is. Right. Yeah, I would I would argue that I think he's one of the best all around rock climbers in the United States. I mean, everyone knows Alec Honnold simply because he's he's you know he's basically a freak of nature. Uh, but outside of um, the free soloing and stuff, Tommy Caldwell, who who stars in um, the Dawn Wall, which uh, did it which win is an available Oscar? On- 
That's remember. available on Netflix too. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, that's maybe right. people do know. More yeah, people. even if you're not a rock climber, it's totally worth watching it because essentially what he did was, uh, in a rock climbing sense, he he went to the moon. You know, like he 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 did something that no one ever thought possible. So, to that extent, I would I would argue that he is by far one of one of the best rock climbers in the United States. And uh, he went through a similar process to what you and I went through, which was lived out of a van, you know, like dirtbag climber. Uh, and then, yeah, all of a sudden he's married. He's got uh, one kid, you know, takes a little bit of a toll on his climbing scene. And then he's got two kids. And so how this story is set up is that I met him at the Banff Film Festival a couple of years ago. And I had one kid at the time who was six months old, I guess. And, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him backstage and we're, we're chatting and I'm like, dude, what is the secret? Like, I got this six month old. I don't want to stop climbing. You know, I want to keep climbing hard. What, what, what do I need to know? <laughs> and his, his immediate reaction was don't have a second. Because <laughs> by then he was like, yeah, I guess he had had his, his daughter, right? He's two young kids and yeah. he, yeah, he's like touring around for this movie, but he's also trying to be a dad and yeah, there was no climbing happening in his life whatsoever. Right. And I took that to heart and then I ignored <laughs> I it <laughs> and then I had a second kid. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That, and sure how, enough, like, yeah, the climbing. Has it made a big difference? The second kid or had you already? Yeah. yeah? No, huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. You, you, you feel like, yeah, well, you know, like it's two parents, one kid, you, you outnumber them. And then all of yeah. a sudden the second comes along and you're, <laughs> you got two sides, two teams, you know? Oh. Equal, equal well, rank. just, just trying to jag, juggle, just trying to juggle two nap times. Even yeah. just that just sounds horrendous. Yeah. Cause oh, yeah. Right, one nap time, you stick one kid in a stroller. One can go for a walk while the other one can do a bit of climbing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, short-term pain, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but I think in the, in the long run, we keep telling ourselves this <laughs> in the long run, <laughs> totally it'll be awesome because the kids will climb together or do whatever together. Do you feel like, and where are you at with the climbing? Like, do you find, have you managed to find a balance where you can still get out a reasonable amount or is it just, you know what, forget about it. We've got two kids under three not happening yeah it's definitely taking a toll i'm not getting anywhere close to where i once was um to be honest i was supposed to be spending a lot of last summer doing research on on a new rock climbing guide and i was super naive going into it you know just figured well we'll have a baby at home and me and carter can me and the older one can go do whatever and then yeah we didn't there was none of that you know we just we just hunkered down and survival mode you know and maybe i think there are people out there that can that can still can still do it we're just we're just we just weren't able it's interesting isn't it? yeah i do notice that and i kind of wonder when i look at instagram and see some of those that continue to get to the crack with the kids is it are they having a good time or is right. it the idea of going to the crack well it's a friend of mine that shared the idea of um you know, when you go with the, you go with the family, it's a compromised climbing session in right. the sense of it's not really about you at that point. Like it's right. about introducing your kid to the climbing. It's about being supportive to the partner so that they can get climbing too. 
And it's just not going to be the kind of session, the hard session mm-hmm. that you used to have when you were living in the back of a van. Yeah. And I definitely. Yeah. I kind of, I stumble over the word compromise for no other reason than it, it sort of got a negative connotation to it. And I think, I think we need to be careful that it's not, yes, yes, absolutely. You're being compromised on a, on a, um, a technical level, you know, but I would actually argue that you're, it, it's a way richer experience than you hanging out with your buddies, you know, shooting the shit, like, you know, yeah. kind of projecting these, this hard stuff versus you showing a, a brand new human being, a brand new experience, right. At different areas that like you wouldn't normally get to, right. That's the beauty of rock climbing is it takes you to these kind of yeah. cool areas that, that a lot of people don't necessarily get to. And so I would, I would say that, yes, compromise on a certain level, but I'd, I'd be wary of that word. I think, yeah. And I think it's taken me a longer time to get there with, with climbing for whatever reason, I think maybe cause it's so grade specific, not that I'm really caught up with the grades so much and I haven't been for a long time. I like climbing a rock that I really like the look of and has mm-hmm. an aesthetic beauty to it and the movements I really enjoy. I've, I've definitely more focused on that. Um, but it's taken me a long time, I think, to shift to that compared to skiing, where skiing to me is very community oriented at the ski hill. I found yeah. a way of it introducing Seth, certainly. Indy, Indy is not the kid that's taken to it naturally, but he, he is only two. Right. <laughs> but he, he, is the, he is the kid screaming at the ski hill, not super pumped. It's taking a while to get him there. But but I don't know. I have a little, a little bit more patience around that than climbing. And I, I just... Yeah, and I wonder if that is because, you know, maybe the access, it's easier to go to a ski lodge and there's the lodge so we can go in for some food and there's like a whole community and there's other kids there and it's like a whole family environment. Whereas where we are here, yeah, it's not as easy accessible. Some of the climbing areas anyway. Mm-hmm. So, But I have to say, someone, a friend of, I think it's fair to say, of our mutual friend, Sonny, who, but as a professional climber, it maybe it's a little bit easier because there's a sponsorship and you know yeah, he, he has the extra to. support right he has to <laughs> it's his full-time job totally but i was definitely inspired by him and lydia going off you know a whole family trip and yeah. living in the van for a year on the road hitting all the climbing spots and yeah. it definitely got me excited for hopefully the not too distant future mm-hmm. to, to take it to take that approach do it do a road trip where it's kind of the old style dirtbag van culture introduce you know do it with the whole family mm-hmm. and maybe a bit more of a glamping style yeah yeah we've already experienced that with our mutual friend jasmine also a sponsored athlete who you know she had she has twins so like suddenly she's got two young kids you know <laughs> whereas like you and i are just like at least it was one at a time right we yeah figured it out with one and Anyway, I think, uh, but we, we had the opportunity to go to Skaha with them and it was such a magical experience, right? We basically, yeah. the one, the one bonus of going into a crag with young kids is you basically take over the crag because no one wants to hang out if there's, <laughs> if there's crying babies nearby, right? It's like, uh, we'll just, we'll just go to another crag. Right? So to that end, we had kind of had it all to ourselves and we were like, high-fiving, handing off um, babysitting duties and stuff. It was perfect. You know? Oh so yeah. Nice. I think you, you have to like, there, there's still, there's still awesome experiences to be had. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, picking the right location too. If you've got a location where there's a good, safe, yeah, flat yeah. area yeah. and access to, you know, whatever facilities you need, toilets and so on. Yeah. Or even not, you teach them how to go in the bush, but yeah. yeah. We, we both had super rural upbringings and here we are in Nelson, which is, you know, small city, but still city. Yeah. And, and the idea of like getting them outside as much as possible and getting them into the mountains. Like the fact that, the fact that Carter the other day looked out and said, you know, there's, there's elephant mountain and, oh, it's, it's foggy in the mountains, daddy. You know, like, like that to me just reiterates how, privileged we are to live where we live you know because it's the complete opposite of my experience growing up in the prairies right where <laughs> I, I didn't even know the word mountain <laughs> for the first bit of it right like so so the idea is to get get him up as much as possible but i i don't feel like we gotta you know break the bank to do it right like i can take him to codwood i can go up a logging road we can walk around like this past summer in the fall we were scoping different possible crag areas and stuff and all it all it entails is him and i going for a walk in the bush you know and that's perfect but am i going to take him winter camping anytime soon no like that's <laughs> it's just we learned our lesson the hard way where we took him out we took him to um smith rocks in october and it just turned to be it, it was unseasonably cold it actually oh, yeah. snowed on us and like sitting at a picnic table with a two-year-old screaming because his hand, he can't feel his hands and you're trying to shovel gruel into his face. Like, what, what are we doing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's either get a camper and do this again or let's recognize that like day trips are fine for the time being. And when we hit the five-year-old stage, when they start remembering this stuff, you know, then we'll start doing, we'll, we'll push yeah. the envelope a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, yeah, it's hard to know when the memory starts. I feel like as a kid, I have a very deep memory of being certainly being four, five. And yeah, I think that's a good time to start thinking about those adventures. I will share with you that. I mean, one spot here that is great. Up the Forest Service Road here, there's, um, there's two lakes that you can access. And it'll take 25 minutes to drive there. You get put, take the canoe off the truck, get into the water. It's another few minutes in the into the lake it's about mm, five ten minutes to this little um sandy spit where the creek comes into the lake yeah, yeah, yeah. and indy probably had the best fun nice. that i think we've seen him have because it was warm water yeah. it's and it was just he was just splashing and there was it's super sandy so we could play games we had a picnic with us and we were probably there for an hour like yeah. but that hour because we're seeing the eyes through a toddler, mm -hmm. it felt like an after full afternoon. Totally. So by the time is ready for his nap time. We get back to the truck. Uh, so the whole, I mean, the whole journey was probably three hours, but yeah. it felt like, and the mountains are all around us. I mean, it's a beautiful picturesque spot, very quiet. Yeah. Nobody goes up that way so much. Yeah. And yeah, you don't, need, awesome. doesn't, it doesn't need to be. It's the beauty of living where we live. And like, even here in town, um, you know, the mountain biking trails and the, uh, the hiking trails and the trees and stuff are five minutes away. Yeah. Right? And so uh, in the summer months, anyway, it was, it was really easy to get it really easy and really important to get Carter out um, to do those, like you mentioned, three hour round trips, you know, like 
camping is is a little bit next level at this at this stage but we've done it and and you know it wasn't <laughs> it was completely horrible well you know that's where i very much embrace car camping now in a way yeah, right <laughs> i see bc provincial parks now in a whole different light totally like oh totally. we used to hate those things man yeah oh, yeah they're like yeah exactly yeah. it just seems like it always felt like you'd be selling out to go and camp somewhere like that yeah it's yeah. actually perfect and the totally. kids you know and and if you do it gradually like that i feel like you hopefully won't put them off for life right it just yeah. becomes this really fun little adventure that you build up to yeah I'm i think you. too like and this is interesting because we were talking about this the other day with uh, other friends like the whole importance of of having an um uh, an experience, what's that called? Like when you're right a passage or write a passage experience. Right. And so you're not going to find those at the, at the, at the BC parks, you know, like you're not going to find those in your national parks or anything like that. I think at this juncture, when they're super young, it's, it's important to kind of, you know, introduce them slowly, let's say, but eventually, yeah, I think as, as a rite of passage, it's important that they get out into an area that, that tests them, you know, and, and I wouldn't, I'm not saying that that has to happen when they're five, but it definitely has to happen at some stage. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I remember somebody, and I'm not sure who it was, but making a comment around if they wish they could be the, the parent that could sit happily on the beach while the kids kind of play and do their thing. Right. That parent. Am I that parent? Yeah, can you do? God, can no. You, can you not? <laughs> no, man. It drives me crazy sometimes. Like we spend time and well, no, I should say I should say this. It's uh, it's a different beast, right? It's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm I I have a great time. No, it's it's hard to just sit on a beach and watch him. Um, but then you work around it, right? Like, so um, last time, one of the last few times we went down, I took a paddleboard and threw him on it. And then both he and I had a great time, right? So it's kind of like you, you're sort of finding those compromises. The beauty of parenting um, is you you find those, that, that mutual ground, right? Like it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be exactly like, you know, you and I going bouldering, for example, is a different thing than, Carter and I going bouldering, but there's still that mutual ground where we can go bouldering and he's going to run around, you know, uh, he's going to run around the boulder and maybe I'll get to try one or two problems, but that's, that's, that's what it is right now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's attitude, isn't it? It's just changing yeah. perspective and just, yeah. And, and knowing think- that, like knowing that eventually we're going to get back there. Right. Like, uh, like all our friends, you know, with older kids are getting back to it or not all, but certainly a lot. And, and it's exciting to me to think like at some point Carter and at some point Indy is, are going to be crushing us. Right. Like yeah. there's going to be like yeah. way better as, and I hope it's climbing, but who knows? It might be mountain biking, in which case he's suddenly like doing inver- inverted aerials off you know, big jumps and I'm like <laughs> barely keeping a you know, old man dad behind like trying oh, to yeah. keep up, right? Yeah. Whatever. I think you're right. And I think as well, it's sometimes appreciating the progression. Like it's like skiing. I feel like every time you see that progression, you can see the improvement, even from the very, very young ages, like even Indy too, you know, we've taken him up there maybe three or four times. And he's a long way, obviously, 
from going on the lifts and like, you know, it's a couple of years away, but just seeing that progression gets me really excited for the future. Well, it's like taking Seth in, a, I used to do a lot of um, white water paddling, like yeah, particularly yeah. canoeing. And yeah, I think, yeah, I could see it in the terms of canoeing. We put, I put him in the canoe because it's really accessible. I was a single dad for a couple of years. So for me, that was a, a good activity that we could both do together. And I've often said it, an hour on the, can- on the lake in the canoe felt like a full day adventure because I was seeing everything through his eyes. Yeah. So his excitement in that. And maybe there's that selfishness left with the climbing where I've, I think I've come, I think I've moved on from it now, but I think I just have to know that when I go, I guess go, go to the climbing center to have a training session. I won't maybe get, yeah, it's just, gonna, it's just different. You're right. It's not compromised. It is just different. It's just a different you, have to, you have to move the end goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you, I, I would argue that the, the individuals who are, who are still, who have like young, young kids and they're still, you know, trying really hard to project their, their 513 and, and, and sacrificing time with their kids to do that. It, that, that, in my world, that's not okay. So do yeah. you think you're, so with that said, like, where's your, like, do you still have the passion now for climbing that you did before? And now even with two kids, has that changed? Yeah, I think a passion is still there. It's just a matter of accepting that acting on the, that passion is going to look different. So you brought up a really good point about community, right? In the ski hill, it comes naturally because, well, there's a lodge and everyone's hanging out in there drinking hot chocolate and whatever. Yeah. You got to, and, and then, and then, um, but climbing doesn't really have that. And so what I've, what I've discovered over the last summer or maybe two years has been, um, a lot of family hangout at the crag, which is something I've, I've never did before. It was always just like me and a buddy and we would go, you know, to the back and beyond to like just climb. Right. And there, yeah. there wasn't a terribly social, event like if you wanted social climbing you went to the gym you know totally yeah and yeah. now i think where things have shifted for me is i really relish that social environment with so we go to family friendly crags around here like uh hall siding for example or that new one in Casagar that the guys just completed the um the uh grad wall like that has this perfectly yeah. beautiful flat um um, space down at the uh, just just uh, like 100 meters down from the not even like 10 meters down from the um, base of the crag and it's it's the perfect place to hang out with your kids right so so now we organize it so that we got families going at the same time right. and yeah, then yeah. somebody's looking after the kids some people are climbing you know yeah. it's like constant trade-off and and that to me is a, a bit of a different experience and, and it's cool so I guess I just haven't experienced that here, that kind of that sense of community at the crag, which sounds awesome. I mean, Slocan Bluffs actually is a good spot. Yeah, I've hung out there with families. In fact, Carter learned how to walk there. How cool is I was that? There. The first, I saw the that. First, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he took his first real steps at the bottom of a crag. So, I mean, that says something. Had he been on a, in a harness before he walked? Given the no, but the, <laughs> the funny thing, the funny story, um, Marley was like, I don't know, we we're having this conversation of like, we don't need to buy our children anything. Like there's so many, 
kids in this town they're a little bit older we're just gonna inherit yeah. everything let's, yeah. let's have a buy nothing baby and then the <laughs> next day the ne- literally the next day and and i don't even think no carter hadn't even been born yet and i went to the climbing gym and then a sale on uh climbing kid harnesses oh <laughs> yeah i bought it i bought it like <laughs> right on the did. spot i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh kid climbing harness and then like I'm looking at it now going like, he's not even going to fit that thing until he's like four. <laughs> yeah, minimum. But still, it was really That's important. awesome. That's yeah, the right new hardest. <laughs> so part of me sometimes with some of these sports is like, yeah, try and get them access and just see where they where they shine and oh, then be ready and willing just to, yeah, just kind of keep supporting them doing whatever that thing is and accept yeah. that maybe it isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Which might be hard. Inter- yeah. Interesting. So that brings up another point about like, and I'm interested to hear your views on this too, but I'll tell you mine quick, just that idea of like expectations, you know? So I really, really want my kids to climb. I yeah. really, really, really don't want them to play hockey. And and you know what, because I want that for sure, they're going to want to like play hockey, you know? But, but then I, I, I think like, so we had, um, I, I, when I was, I was, I, I headed up, uh, the local rock climbing association here and we used to do festival or we still do festivals every, every, um, year. And Will Stanhope came to, to, to talk to one. Oh yeah. Yeah. One. Um, he's the presenter and he stayed at our house and I got a chance to like, just, you know, shoot the shit with them and stuff. It was so cool. And, and we were talking about like kids and climbing and stuff. And he's like, you know, it's really, really important if you want to get to the stage where you're a five, fourteen climber, for example, which is where he's at. Like, he's yeah, com- comfortably doing some of the hardest routes in, in in Canada, certainly. And and like, but he started when he was a child, you know. So his tendons grew with them, you know, right. and they, they were used to that sort of exertion. Hazel Finley, also a great example. Um, yeah. Tommy Caldwell all these guys started when they were young and granted they didn't like, you know, they might've fallen out like a couple of years here and there, but it didn't matter. They had, they had 20 years practice by the time they were, you know, in, in finishing high school or something or like starting university. Right. And so there's no way I am ever going to be able to, like I, I've accepted that doing a 514 probably isn't in my lifetime because I just don't have the, the consistent, you know, finger strength slash tendon slash, well, so especially now, like the, the, uh, the ability to train for that sort of thing. You know? Yeah. 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 I guess at some point it's got to be that choice and it's got to be a fun activity because if they're being pushed too hard, then I wonder if they burn out and just end up taking up skateboarding or oh, you're whatever, yeah. right? Like they just burn yeah. out from it. Yeah, so it'd be, yeah, yeah exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to push too hard because otherwise they'll end up in hockey. Totally. I mean, I can say, <laughs> yeah, it's so true though. It's so true. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that a lot because we have an ice, we literally one block yeah. from here in the winter. It's an ice skating rink. The tennis court gets flooded and it's oh, an ice man, skating rink. Cool. And I was saying to Sage, yeah. we're not getting ice skates. We're not hanging out down there. <laughs> of course, I'm going to have to give uh, that one up. Yeah, like, yeah, of course, you're going to get ice uh, skates. Bond, bond hockey is a whole different animal. No, I'm that's true. About like arena hockey where you need all the gear. No, but that's where they get the taste the for it, parent, right? And then they're like, there. this is so fun. I want to oh, go to yeah, the rink and 
Do you see what I mean? Uh, Guide yeah, them away okay. from that yeah, into the get ski hill. Get away from swimming. <laughs> That's another one. Any competitive. At least event, when it's swimming, though, there's a hot tub and a sauna there. The hot yeah. tub and the sauna. I'm happy there. I could do that. I totally saw your. Yeah, I saw your race. It was incredible. Meanwhile, you're like in the hot <laughs> yeah, tub. Totally. Totally. missed everything. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like I've you teased me a couple of times, rightly so. But I have to say, like, I was trying to find something. So Seth, unfortunately, ends up in the UK. He comes here in the summers and, you know, we get him in some of the holidays. But I and I have to go there to see him. So the activity that I that he loves so much and it was just a natural progression for him was um, in a, on a scooter. And so there was me going to visit him in the UK to spend quality time. And that's where actually this friend of mine again comes up, who's this climbing friend of mine. He took, I said to him, he's just turned, well, he's just turned 52, really strong climber. Uh, he's a route setter uh, professionally. And, um, but he got into skateboarding. And I said to him, when did you get into skateboarding? And he was like 45. I'm now 46. <laughs> so I figured last year when I turned 45, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And, but what I realized, realized about this, and I spoke to a psychologist about this, when you take up a new activity, dopamine is released. And so that feeling of joy that you get, that you both have at the same time, really helps to, to grow your relationship. And I hadn't thought about that till later. But me taking up skateboarding, because I was getting, because I was learning and these really simple things that, like, I'll never be able to do much on a skateboard, but I can ollie and I could carve into the bowl and all the rest of it. But because I get this release, like this joy, this release of dopamine as I'm learning these new things, Seth is too, because he's learning on his scooter. So both of us are in the park together, releasing dopamine and get, just having this really oh. joyful experience. And so what I've realized is that what I, that's what I love about skateboarding because, and I actually just thought about this today, because when I go and do it, I feel closer to him, even when he's in the UK, because this is something that it just immediately brings me that joy and those feelings it just feels like he's with me. And so I kind of, that's one of the things that I really love about skateboarding is it's super fun and playful. So it keeps me young spirited and whatever, but it's that feeling of like, it makes me feel closer to him, even though he's not around kind of thing. And then when we are together, cool. we kind of grow and learn and Hey dad, try this. And I'd be like, Seth, try this. And he's on a scooter, I'm a skateboard. So we're doing slightly different things, but we're in the park together. And I've realized like, that's, that's why I really love the skating. Plus I don't want to just sit there with my coffee while the kids are having all the fun. Right. Cause what that sucks. I want to yeah. be in there too, but I did. Yeah. yeah. I just, that's where the skateboarding kind of like accidentally crept into my life where instead yeah. of bouldering now, I'm like, Oh, I want to go to the skate park. Yeah. Never thought I'd <laughs> say that. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I do make fun of you for no other reason than I, I worry that you're going to break yourself. It's true. I must say, yeah, I am the dad with the pads. It's a little embarrassing. And as soon as the teenagers, teenagers turn up, turn up, I'm like a tail between my legs, taking the pads off really quickly so they can't totally. see. And then I creep yeah. off to the truck and I'm out of there. Yeah. God forbid the teenagers should laugh at us. Totally. <laughs> Which, yeah. So do you feel like, I guess they're, they're too young right now, I guess you, your boys in terms of like trying other activities out and things. You, you're not quite there yet. Well, definitely the youngest, like he's hasn't even well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, uh, the two and a half year old, it's, it's our, and it's, it's awesome because Marley and I are very much on the same page. Um, it's just about introducing them to stuff. It's not on the, the theme of climbing. Um, 
but how is like your your parents must be the nicest people in the world honestly they're just oh, i've only i've met them a couple times and had really good chats every time and how i'm just wondering how do they how is your upbringing you know with them the way they raise you how's that impacted the way that you see yourself as a dad and things that you may do differently oh that actually is a really good question because it really um it hit home this week um i don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole but my um yeah my my grandfather's uh wife passed away from cancer and she was oh no she was 20 years her ju- 20 years his junior right oh, wow. so he's he's 99 and the guy is wow. still like he just he just passed his driver's test like he's still he's what? going strong you know yeah you have I some good, good genes, buddy. Coming from good genes, yeah, exactly. You're going to so, be climbing five fourteen by in ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I st- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't I give up hope. Don't up give up hope. Years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so uh, why I bring this up is because um, where where once we all thought, well, the guy's ninety nine, like he's you know he's he's had a good run and he's still super healthy, but we don't most of us don't go past 110 <laughs> yeah. you know so and and because she was so much younger just assume she was going to be um his caretaker and so how this how this um, relates to your question is it really has turned it on its head for me that idea of you know um being being looked after right and, and it's funny because i never thought i'd be that person i never huh. thought i'd be that that guy who is just like i i have kids because i i need somebody to look after me like i would never in a million years think that and right. yet just this past week like i watch as my mom takes care of her dad you know and and he's and she's and she just does it right because like she's his daughter and that's right and that's what you do yeah yeah and it, and it really yeah. it threw it on its head because for me at least, because here I am, you know, both Marley and I, most or more so Marley, waking up in the middle of the night, looking after, you know, your kid and changing diapers and all this stuff. And wow, how interesting is it that like what goes around comes around, you know? Yeah. So in answer to your question, I think I, I, I did have a really great upbringing. My parents are still together. They're beautiful people. They, they're, they're currently looking after their grandfather uh, or sorry, my grandfather, their father and, and, and working hard at it. You know? Yeah. And, and yet there, there would be no hesitation if they were to call me up and be like, we need you here to help us, you know, like, like I would totally do that. And I think it's really important at this juncture, you know, as early as it is to start instilling that in our kids to say, I'm going to be here for you no matter what. And I, I need you to be here for me no matter what. How that, imagine like in, you know, 30 years time, right? Like, I don't know, I, I fall and break a hip, but yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I can call my kids and be like, and know that. Is that what's you know, happening in 30 years time? Are we breaking hips? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dude, the way I'm going right now, I'm going to break a hip next week. <laughs> That's a fair point. It is something to think about. I think, and why I bring this up is because I think it's important to instill at the outset, you know, that idea of like you, and you said right at the beginning of our conversation that um, the relationship piece is just as important, if not more so. 
And I agree with you wholeheartedly because that's the one that's going to be there, you know, when the kids move out and stuff. And that's also going to be, um, that's also instilling in your kids the importance of, of loving and respecting one another. That's yeah, that's actually a really good point. Cause yeah, you're kind of setting the standard as your kids grow up as to how to act and behave around other people. But in particular, yeah, their partner. I look at, I look at like Carter, Carter's, um, this is a terrible habit of mine, but like I have, I, like my patience is worn thin anyway, yeah. you know, it's like lack of sleep. Yeah, exactly. So like, and I, I'm super good with the kids, but the second the cats start like the cat, you say the cats. Like, oh yeah. Oh dude. Like three in the morning they're having like cat fights and stuff. And I'm just like, what? I not have the patience. Like, it's funny because, you know, we used to be like, oh, our cats, our cats. Oh. You, you guys now, did. I forgot life. that. Now that you yeah, just we mentioned to, that. Like, we used to love they them. They were your babies. And now, and now they're extraneous to yeah. our lives. Like <laughs> they could go away tomorrow and be like, meh. Um, I say that in, in loving jazz. But by the same token, like Carter's picked up on how I talk to the cats you know, occasionally where I'm just like, shut up, Gimli. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's and, picking but, up on but it. But now he's picking up on it and he's starting to talk to the cat that way. And I'm just like, oh no, what have I done? Like, thank God I wasn't talking to Marley that way or like anybody else, right? Like, yeah, at least, at least it was just a cat. But even then that's, I've just taught him something that I wish I could take back, you know? So is it, so he's imitating. You're hearing him do the like, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's he's just like, he's no, he he's like Gimli, no bad cat, no, you know. Oh right. And, yeah, and I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure I just said that like a few hours ago because the cat, the goddamn cat, jumped up on the kitchen counter or something, right? And I was like screaming at it. And then an hour later, Carter was like, Gimli, no, you're bad. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, but he's not, he's not bad anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you, you and Marley have seen a sleep consultant recently because you're trying to figure out, you got the two kids, now they're going to be sleeping in the same room. Oh, you know, first night, Saturday night was epic. It was so good. Everyone slept really, really well. Uh, and then last night was the total opposite. <laughs> so what's the sleeping arrangement been? Have you guys had, like Cooper's been in with you guys in the bed? No, no. Cooper's had his own room. Carter's had his own room. And Marley and I are like, you know, all over the map. I was sleeping, I was sleeping <laughs> with, in the office for a needs. while. What? No, we were never, we were never in their rooms. We wanted them to like, just figure it out on their own, whatever. Yeah. But uh cooper was in our master bedroom you know and so yeah we were sleeping on like shitty beds like all over the house basically wow finally we just yeah bit the bullet we're like screw this so so they're gonna do you have a two-bedroom house i forget or you got three beds well technically this room is a bedroom right yeah um but yeah really upstairs there's only the two bedrooms so We always knew that the kids were going to be in the same room together. It was just like when, and yeah. finally we actually hired a, a sleep consultant. Marley hired a sleep consultant because it was just, um, just really for peace of mind. Right. You know, oh, yeah. like, especially like poor Marley has been, it's been two and a half years where she hasn't had a decent sleep pretty much. So, yeah. so we wanted, and Cooper was like, going down that same path that Carter was in where, you know, 
a year, a year in, he would still be waking up over the course of the, the night. And we just couldn't, just couldn't bring ourselves to do that anymore. Yeah, so, no doubt. I mean, that's the, yeah, it's major torture, lack of sleep. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real deal. I know that, and you know that, but I mean, I know that from just right now, feel the feeling that I have. <laughs> Here, I got it. So I got a question. If you've been to see a sleep consultant, yeah. Any, like one golden nugget of information that you got with from that. The only thing that I've ever done around sleep really is figure it out through trial and error and then Google anything I could find to help. But there's yeah. too much information out there almost. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two things. Well, first off, we didn't we didn't see a sleep consultant. We actually hired them. She works out of uh, Calgary and it's all it's all phone call based. Um, and she has like a set program that she works with. And so in answer to your question, there are two things that really came out of it. The first is you're accountable to somebody, right? So like, so like if you, if it's just you and your wife or your partner and, and you're just, you're just figuring it out and you're making it up and you break the rules, you know, you tell yourself, okay, we're not going to go in, you know, for 20 minutes or whatever, but, but, like hearing your kids cry, especially at three in the morning, you know, it's just like, it's heartbreaking. Right. So you, you tend to like, you know, break the rules, you go in, you placate them, whatever. And then, and then, um, and then everything you've done is just negated because the kids are like, Oh, I can, I can cry now and you're going to come in and get me. So whatever. So you're accountable to somebody. And then the second thing um, relates to exactly what you just said, which is it, it negates you having to um, check the internet at three in the morning, you know, like try to try to track down solutions on, on the internet, which are, which is impossible, right? There's just so much variety out there. Like pick a, pick a person and it, and it was worth it. Like it wasn't that expensive to be honest, after all of a sudden done, like how much is your sleep worth to you? And so I think we threw 300 and some odd bucks at or whatever. And like, we're already, you know, we're already seeing, um, the benefits. Wow. And we're, and we're only like a week in or a week and a bit in. That's two thoughts come to me that with what you just shared actually is one, you kind of both need, you do, you both need to be on the same page that yeah. I've, I've found that the biggest struggle with it is you agree something and it's just hard to stick to something. Yeah. And then inevitably it, one of you is going to say, no, no, I don't, yeah. I don't like him crying. I'm going to yeah, exactly. no, stop. You can't do that. Cause at three in the morning, no one's rational. No. Right? Especially no. when your kid's screaming in the next red. Yeah. Scene. Well then, and they had the other thought I had was when you Google stuff, you can kind of, anyone can prop up their own argument. Oh, you know? totally. Did you, did you learn anything new or did it just help you get in the right mindset for tackling it? uh both so it's like anything right like when when you got to practice 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 and you got to stick to actually it harkens back to you know climbing back in the day when i actually used to train um for competitions and stuff you know you had to you practice your weaknesses and you had to set or um stick to a set schedule and this is the exact same thing right it's like you practice your weaknesses and you stick to a schedule and no matter how much they're crying you know, you just got to stick with it. And like, it's short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah, totally. That's it's not cool. for everyone. I won't, I won't, I won't say that this is the be all and end all. Like 
some people, you know, like every kid's different, right? And every couple's different and every, yeah, people might not want to go through that short-term pain of listening to your kids scream for half an yeah. hour. I'm right. Like it's, it's heartbreaking. I'm actually just been thinking like, I'm probably going to leave it till February and then start training. I've been to loads of physio and acupuncture right. stuff. You yeah. and I should, you and I should like plan out a schedule for me. The tough part is like, you know, staying honest and staying yeah. honest, right. Yeah, yeah. But if you're like, you and I are like, all right, you know, this is, this is the schedule we got to like, at least I'm, at least I'm beholden to somebody. This is what I've learned from the sleep consultant is that yeah. if I'm beholden to somebody other than me, I'll actually make an effort. Right? I'd like to do ideally a Tuesday and Thursday evening session. Totally. And it's easy for me if you're doing that to say to Marley, Tuesday and Thursday evenings, I'm like, yeah. I'm training because yeah, yeah. Lou and I are on the same program, you know? So yeah, thanks, man. And, no, um, no, thank you. That was super, like, like you said, during the conversation, it was just great to like shoot the shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool, buddy. Cool, right, man. We'll be in right. touch. Well, say hi to Sage Horse and cool. uh, give me a squeeze and we'll uh, talk to you later. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Thanks, okay. buddy. Take See you later. Yeah. And now for a check-in with my favorite psychologist and fellow dad, Todd Kettner. So how important is it to maintain your identity in a parent-child relationship? Because I feel it is something you can really give up of yourself, your activities and your hobbies and things. Absolutely. I think it's critical. And I think it's also critical not to uh, um, second guess ourselves or uh, be hard on ourselves when we can't have the same level of whatever it was that we were doing before that was great. And uh, otherwise we end up in as parents in a catch 22, right? I need to maintain my identity to be a great dad, you know, great mom, depending on the situation. And um, at the same time, um, you know, I want to be there for my kids. So your example made me think of uh, Tara and I when we before we had kids, uh, um, we, some of our closest friends still, uh, we, we climbed a lot. And uh, six weeks after uh, um, Lissy had uh, Jamie, uh, we were back in the high desert and, you know, the um, Mike was belaying her and, and Tara and I were taking care of the new baby while, uh, um, you know, she wasn't climbing at grade. She wasn't, you know, this wasn't, she didn't red point anything that day, but she was on a route that was, you know, a couple levels below what she would typically climb. But, you know, honestly, she was still sore, right? But she was out there and doing it again. And, you know, as I look to them, they've raised their three girls to be adventuresome, independent, and, you know, they kept climbing, camping, traveling, um, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's important, you know, it, it, it's a logistical nightmare. Uh, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's important to, you know, it's not so much, I think anymore, the quantity, but the quality of that time for, uh, you know, individuals, um, you know, to be ourselves, to do what we, what nourishes us and, uh, feeds our souls with our buddies, with our partners, if that's the case and with kids and to, you know, get some of that time, you know, ideally every week, even if it's half an hour to an hour. And then the rest of the time we adapt, right? We put the kid in the stroller and we go cross country skiing with them behind us. Yeah. I like what you said about nourishing. I really like mm. that. You're right. That's so true. And there's something that I need to, because the other thing that we were talking about was this idea from a friend of mine that um, 
that it's compromised climbing when you go with your family or your kid. And I like what Vince says, because he, he's right. It's like, it's not never compromised when you're work, you or you're sorry, not working, but you're spending time with your kid playing. So for me, uh, certainly it's an acceptance of like, okay, this isn't the climbing session. Like you said, you climb two grades lower, you do, you know, you access easier routes so that all the family can be involved. And I, it's definitely something that I have had to accept and I'm trying to get back there again, but, you know, really doing everything I can to get away from the family so that I can fo really focus on the climbing as opposed to focus on juggling the kids. And yeah, I've, I've had that hard time with that compared to skiing where there's much more of a community atmosphere at the ski hill at Whitewater where we all ski. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I really like that. And there I can let it go and I can be with the family and I can, I, everybody can kind of access the hill in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think anytime, you know, we find something like that, that works, it can be an impetus or a catalyst, uh, to expand that, right? Like I remember when our kids were little, we quickly discovered that, you know, even if you didn't plan ahead, you'd get up in the lodge and there'd be two or three other, you know, parents with young kids. And it was just, okay, your lap, I'll watch these three. One's napping, one's feeding, one's changing. Okay, two laps, yeah. rotate in. And you just sort of have this, uh, um, you know, ready-made uh, uh, childcare. And then you go, ah, oh, that works. Yeah, we can't really do that on a multi-pitch climb, but we can sure as hell do that uh, when we're top roping with a few boulders at the base, right? Yeah, then it becomes more location specific, finding a place mm. safe for the, for the family to be at the um, at the base. Yeah, and there are places you can do that. So where the yeah where we ended, it was nice for Vince. His suggestion was, yeah, just let's find a schedule where we both are going to train maybe on a Tuesday and Thursday. We check in with each other. You know, I'm in the slow camp, but I've got a bouldering cave. He's yeah. got access to the cube climbing wall near him. And I think he's thinking about, I think if I got it right, he's going to try and build a wall. But I, I love that, actually. I haven't tried that before. This idea of just being accountable to each other. So I'm really looking forward to, to that over the next few weeks. And that advanced planning helps with, uh, you know, partners, whether they're, you know, current partners or you know, second partners or third partners or whatever the situation is, right? Because yeah. uh, they know that, hey, not only is Tuesday night your sacred sacred time in the cave, you know, climbing and training, but that implies, and you would readily agree to, Thursday night is, you know, his or her sacred time in, you know, their room, what doing what they do, right? So yeah. we really push each other um, amongst friends, you know, um, like, like you're talking about you and Vince, and among within our families, with our partners to, I need this time. And I think you need this time. How can I give you this time too? Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so true. Yeah. So hopefully the, yeah, the spring will see us into a bit of a better routine and I definitely need to um, take care of myself. I'm really good at encouraging others, but not always taking care of for me. So yeah, yeah. especially during COVID because you end yeah. up hermiting so much. It's more, even more important. It feels like. Yeah, exactly. Well, climb on. Climb on. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks for joining us this week on Dad Without Borders. A full list of episodes can be found at dadwithoutborders.com. And for updates, follow on Instagram at dadwithoutborders. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google, or radio.com. While you're at it, if you enjoyed listening or you know any dads that might find value in this show, please share the podcast with your friends. Dad Without Borders will be back next week with another dad and further insights with Todd Kettner.